and welcome to the web. Uh, my name is Aaron, and uh, here on the web podcast, we three friends come together to share our experiences and our tools and techniques that we use to heal and grow and encourage each other to do those same things. Um, again, my name is Aaron, and I'm really enjoying being able to spend so much time in sweatpants these days. um, I am Annika, and let's see, I am starting to develop a new relationship with cleaning, where (laughs) I'm just like, okay, things are cleaner. (laughs) I hear that. My name is Claire Alexander, and I have definitely put on the quarantine 15. <laughs> quarantine 15. But I'm I not body that. shaming myself. No. I know I'm an emotional eater, and I knew this was coming. All I got to do is figure out a way to be a little bit more active inside my teeny little space. So There you go. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for sharing. Um, So before we go any further, I wanted to give just a brief overview of the structure of the podcast. Um, We have three sections. Those are the circle, the seeker, and the gratitude. Um, In the circle, we start off with a grounding meditation. Um, Then each of us co-hosts share a one-word check-in so that just to give you a better sense of where we're coming from and put everything in context. And then we move into our uh, in-depth discussion discussion on whatever uh, tool, topic, technique that we're working on. Next comes the seeker segment, where we read and respond to a letter from one of you amazing listeners out there. And thirdly, we have the gratitude segment, where we give a shout out to folks who are doing good work in the world, healing and tending the web of interconnectivity that we all are a part of, and close with a gratitude meditation to uh, wrap up the episode. Um, Lastly, before we go in, um, trigger warning. A lot of times the topics that we get into can be really intense. We really aim to share honestly and and fully and uh, we realize that sometimes that this may make people uncomfortable trigger things so please 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 take care of yourself if too much is uh, coming up for you or you're feeling overwhelmed um, pause turn off skip we still love you and um, yeah please uh, get what kind of support you need to to help yourself with that as well we aim to support folks with that. We don't want to be pushing folks to damaging themselves. So yeah, I guess without further ado, let's move into a grounding meditation. So wherever you are, most likely at home, um, unless you're one of our awesome essential workers out there, go ahead and take a moment to close your eyes if it's safe to do so and check in with your body. Notice your breath. Notice your posture. If you're holding somewhere, uh, see if you can invite your body to, to relax. Is there a way to align yourself comfortably? 
uh, with less effort. Notice the sensation of the breath. You can breathe in and out through the nose if that's comfortable for you. And on your next exhale, go ahead and try to extend that exhale even further, squeezing the abdomen, drawing the belly button towards the spine, pulling your pelvic floor up like you're trying not to pass gas, and to squeeze all the stale air out of your lungs. And when you relax those muscles, let the inhale be a natural recoil. Letting the expansion of the lungs press down on your uh, lower abdomen, the belly, and just let the belly expand out in three directions. See if you can extend that inhale to begin to allow the ribs to lift up, almost like slats on a window or Venetian blinds, and extending it even further so that you begin to feel it in your upper chest beneath the clavicle, and then exhale, falling from the chest, ribs falling, and again, squeezing the abdomen to help squeeze out all the stale air. Just do two more of those three-part breaths on your own time, belly, ribs, chest. Now let the sensation of the breath and those inhales help support the floating of the spine like as if your head were a helium balloon and your spine were a cord attached to the bottom of that helium balloon floating upward. And on your exhale, just let all the soft tissues of your body, the muscles, the skin, the organs, Relax downward, expand outward, more space for movement of the fluids in the body, movements of all the messenger neurotransmitters flowing through, nervous conduction, letting go of that tension. Floating on the inhale, all the bones led by the skull. Relaxing on the exhale, all the soft tissues, the muscles, and the organs. And very gently, let your eyes open up. And um, we can begin. Thank you for joining me on that little grounding meditation. So um, one word check-in, I would say, so my one word check-in is hopeful. Um, this is Annika and my word for today is relaxed. Relaxed. This is Claire and my word for today is annoyed. Awesome. Thank you both for sharing. We are hopeful, relaxed, and annoyed. Um, so today's circle topic, we wanted to talk about empathy um, as a tool and um, I think also kind of the state of for those of us who identify as empaths and how to uh, 
you know, what self-care can look like when one identifies as such and has the experiences of, of, of an empath. Um, I guess first off for, for just the, the meaning of empathy, I, um, let's, let's I'm going to wiki it real fast. And, um, so from that Google dictionary, they say empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. I like that. I like that. Or a, a more expanded one is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within their frame of reference. That is the capacity to place oneself in another's position. Very nice. Like that adage of, uh, you know, spend a day in someone else's shoes kind of, kind of thing. Um, you two have anything you want to share when we're just defining the term empathy at this point? And that's how I think about it is that yeah it's like feeling other people's feelings in my own body yeah claire yeah i find empathy to be i mean those definitions are perfect and if anybody would like to look more there's a really wonderful wiki how on empathy it's like a five-step process. How interesting. Yeah. On like how to be empathetic. Um, oh, it just takes five steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm misremembering, but uh, the thing is, a really short one. Um, just kind of like really basic empathy. And uh, cool. I mm. like to use that as a base to give people like, here's what empathy is. Yeah. Because... Um, for me personally, um, empathy has been a word that has been like both um, a blessing and a burden. Yes. I'm sending wiggly finger agreements to you. Um, yeah, I think uh, if I may be so bold, I would say all three of us identify as empaths. Yeah, I don't really like the term empaths. But I know I'm highly sensitive and extremely empathetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Can why can I ask why you don't like the term empath? Um, I think because like in sort of like the popular culture, I don't know, wellness side of things. Sometimes I think it's I don't know, like the emphasis on it being kind of a. A state that you can't have control or power in. Oh. And so personally, I have definitely learned to like, sometimes I can't have those feelings. And so it's like being able to use boundaries and separate my own emotions from other people's emotions and the world's emotions. Um, yeah, it seems like a little bit different than how it's like kind of people throw around the word empath, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, yeah. I definitely know that I'm like fit all of the things of like, okay, I can right. like, feel all kinds of things like highly sensitive and very sensitive to energy. Is it um, um, yeah. for clarification? Like, is it the, the kind of the insinuation of a lack of agency that yeah. you don't resonate with? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Cause I also feel like, there's the level where it can feel like a burden where like, Oh, I'm really feeling like what everyone's feeling around me. And I don't know how to process this 
to it also being kind of a superpower. Like, hey, like so-and-so is going through some stuff and like no one else is seeing that right now. Let me like check in with them or, you know. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think, I mean, I like to think about empathy and like being empathetic is really important at specific times. And I think like right now, right now is one of these yeah. times, <laughs> which is interesting because we're all harbored away in our own shelters of whatever format that looks like for people. Um, so there's a lot less direct contact, but the, the energy comes through in all kinds of different ways. Um, and, and it can be really overwhelming right now um, yeah. for a lot of people. Like there's so much pain and suffering coming through. And then there's also, yeah, just kind of a lot of like hateful, selfish messages coming through and that can be overwhelming. So, yeah. I'm a little bit like feeling major finger wiggle vibes to Annika on the like commercialization and weird branding of empath that happened, especially with like the quote unquote light worker community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I don't know very kind one of people who call themselves light workers, but I find the group themselves to be very spiritual bypassing um, in terms of like love and light and positive vibes, y'all. And, and they take on the role of empath as a role <laughs> instead of like as a tool. They're like, I am this. And it's like, nope. <laughs> You're more than that. You're more than that ability to um, feel the feelings of other people. So when I feel my empathy kick in is I feel like if someone, like that's just, let's talk about what's happening right now. I'm in a good stable place. I'm very lucky. I recognize my privilege of where I'm at in my life as it relates to this pandemic. My heart breaks for all the people who are stuck in domestic violent relationships, are stuck in abusive homes, are stuck in homes with food insecurity. Like my heart breaks like I can feel the feeling of grief overwhelm me and consume me for these people and that's just a small number of people who are affected by the shutdown pandemic let alone the people who are actively in the hospital having to wait on help and then feeling for the people who have to make really hard ethical moral decisions about who gets what kind of services like it is like Annika said so incredibly overwhelming if I didn't have all of the tools and resources available to have barriers and to have boundaries and to have shielding and um, do this really wonderful tool called the empathy breath where you take six breaths but it's like you breathe in what's yours and you breathe out what's not yours. And then when you exhale, it's three times out the front part of your heart chakra, three times out the back part of your heart chakra. And that's so you can get rid of other people's stuff. If you have empathic issues, this is a really wonderful tool. And like it's how you can get back to your own feelings because 
being raised and the situation that I was in, I took in everyone's stuff for a long time and I didn't know whose feelings were mine and whose feelings were other people's. Mm. That's just sort of like a quick tool inside of the tool of empathy. Um, If anyone listening has empathy issues and like, yeah, that's nowhere to start. Thanks for sharing that. And really what you said about, yeah, all of the the people that are kind of going through all sorts of, yeah, really tough times right now. Yeah. Uh, Layers where it's like the the pandemic and the quarantine is maybe trapping people further in these, these circumstances that aren't serving them yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah so in terms of the ways that empathy is a tool i know that yeah aaron you mentioned that thing of like somebody comes into a room and has you know is upset but not showing it externally like that's one that i tend to use a lot like is that more person to person one um is I can always feel that when people, I can feel people's energy. I'm high, you know, I'm um, still pretty hypervigilant. So I'm always paying attention to whoever's coming in and out and what their energy is. And so if somebody comes in and I know they're, you know, that it's, you know, sad or upset or, you know, whatnot. Yeah. It's, it, I, you know, that's a time when I'm like, okay, I can use that. And like, now I can go up and say like, Hey, are you doing all right? Like, do you want to talk? If, you know, if it seems like, that's a an appropriate thing to do um and i can think of specific examples when it's like okay that's really nice because otherwise you know if like other people don't see what's happening with somebody and then they're just business as usual and it can be you know really hard it's it's like being able to see people where they're at and reach out um yeah is it is an important tool in my practice. Um, yeah. And I also have a thing where this has happened for like a long time where I, I yeah, I, I used to overwhelm me like the pain in the world. I would like crash into me and physically I would just be like, oh, I can't stop crying. Like it's overwhelming. You know, when other huge disasters have happened during my lifetime, a lot of times it'll happen. Like before I even know what's happened out in the world, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm have these waves of like grief that are hitting me. And then I'll find out like, oh, you know, there was a tsunami, like something like that. And I'm like, okay, that's, um, that I, I don't know if I would say it's like, a tool that I use, but it's an experience. And I think it, you know, it probably helps me be, you know, a kinder person in the world and my sphere that I'm in. Yeah. How about y'all? I hear that. When you say something, Aaron? Um, I, one thing I was thinking, first off, thank you for sharing, Annika. And uh, something I was thinking in terms of empathy as a tool which you were pointing towards a little bit there at the end is um, there's times where if I get into a feeling sorry for myself kind of rut, like, Oh, woe is me, blah, blah, blah. Um, actively practicing empathy and contemplating the experiences of others or actively talking to um, friends who are going through circumstances that are uh, difficult 
you know, always, always gives me a, a sense of perspective on my own circumstances and then, and then allows my, my, my own suffering to be not something that I wallow in necessarily, but something that I can use as a tool to empathize with the, the suffering of others. So I, I feel like, uh, yeah, there's a way in which empathy, there can be a selfish, <laughs> if, if that makes sense, the selfish benefit of practicing empathy is, is that it can help bring, in my own experience anyway, it can help bring perspective uh, to my own suffering, my own circumstances that are uncomfortable. Does that yeah, that harkens back yeah. a lot to our compassion episode because I mm. think that's where mm-hmm. it hits up against compassion is like that, you know, the actual feeling of the pain and then, yeah, the, act, the you know, the self-compassion and the compassion outwards towards others really changes us personally, like you were saying, Aaron. Yeah, that makes Thank a lot you. of sense. Yeah. What are you thinking, Claire? I have found that... Well, first of all, thank you for sharing, Aaron and Annika, both. Um, I have found that empathy is definitely a tool that can be taught. And so if perhaps similar to an episode in The Good Place, one of my favorite television shows, which I talk about nonstop to everyone I know. Um, In the second episode, one of the characters talks about how old philosopher suggested that, you know, being moral and ethical could be taught. And I do believe that being empathetic can be taught. I have, as Aaron talked about, gotten perspective on my own pain through empathy. And I have also learned how to um, grow my empathy in a way that I never anticipated or expected it to do. And let me tell you, guys, that shit is hard because we're like loving, I personally am a loving, kind, and you know, really feeling human being and feelings can be a lot. And so when you grow empathy to include all the stuff that might not have been in your previous understanding of the world, like how do you not get so overwhelmed by it? Um, And I was able to really get the perspective of space and growing myself alongside growing the ability to be more empathetic and growing my capacity to hold the feelings of the world and also not be completely overwhelmed by them. And it just takes a little bit of trying, a little bit every day. It didn't happen all at once. And... You know, like, it's such a weird idea to, I love the way you said that, Aaron, about, like, it's selfish. It's strangely selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what's so great about empathy, because it helps everybody. It helps you, and it helps all the people in your life, and it helps all the people that you meet. I love this tool, and I'm really glad we're talking about it, because it is essential right now to have empathy with everything that's happening to all the people who are most affected by this, like with the most shut out um, and hurt and isolated and being able to just like, you know, I had some white people problems when I nearly 
pushed along on a trip to go somewhere during all the shutdowns right before the Mexican Mexico border closed. Um, I was like, it's okay. I can do that. And I wasn't really being empathetic to the whole world. And then having discussions with my dear friends, Annika and Aaron and other friends in my life, it was just like, you know, I really don't want to be responsible for getting some abuela sick down in Mexico. I would feel real shitty if that happened. And I think I'd be ridden with too much guilt if I went on the trip anyway, because everyone who I'd be exposing just for my own personal desire to not be in America. And that's like when the empathy really starts to kick in. It's like care more about other people and like you want them to have the kind of life that you want to have. If you want to have a, a safe home, other people should have a safe home. You want to have clean water, other people should have clean water. That's the best part about empathy is like you look at all the wonderful things in your life and you go, other people should have this too because it shouldn't just be me because I'm empathetic to their needs. It just it all wonderfully continuously extrapolates once you step into it. So great tool, guys. Yeah. I um, Thanks for sharing. That was, was really great. I was also thinking about yeah, like how you're saying, like empathy can be learned and how we learn it. And yeah, I think one thing I've noticed is that it seems like the biggest block in my observation to people with empathy is is fear. Um, I mean, I think it appears to me that a lot of people are afraid of their own emotions from my observation that that seems like a thing. And then how, if you're already overwhelmed by your own emotions, like how much more overwhelming it is to be able to like feel that other people have emotions and to like actually, you know, at least know what those are, understand what those are, or even feel them yourself, like the different levels of empathy, like that's a lot. And so and I think that what you were saying, Claire, in terms of like the like I feel this way, I want that I want for other people what I have, like that's the compassion side of it. And that's the beautiful tool of compassion. And if we don't have the power to feel and put ourselves in other people's shoes, then we never get to that part where we want the best thing for them. Um so yeah. Yeah. So I really think fears can be kind of a barrier in that whole process. And personally, I, you know, I know that just opening myself up more and more, and I'm not talking about the like empath, like bring it all in, let it bobble me around and, you know, get me off of my frequency. I'm saying like when I use it as an intentional tool, and then I can, you know, have compassion um yeah it's so powerful so yeah well do you feel like perhaps the fear issue and thank you for reminding me because I can really often forget what it was like at the start of all of this and how like I used to really hate feeling pain and how it was like every time I felt pain I would just be like why do I feel pain again why am I always going to hurt? Am I always going to hurt? And I do forget about that su consistent suffering because of being so overwhelmed by emotion. Um, 
And that was once I actually figured out how to feel my own stuff. That was, that was I didn't have the empathy breath yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when I didn't have the empathy breath, like it was really fucking hard. Um, and I totally understand that fear thing for people who haven't made those steps yet. And it sucks. And when you step into empathy, there is a lot more suffering and a lot more pain. And it, it makes total sense that people wouldn't want to do it. Of course. And the only way, only metaphor I can think of to compare it to is like when you start out on a really intense hike and you get a mile or maybe not a mile and you get 10 minutes and you're just like, oh, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I? And then you get to the top and you're like, oh man, I'm really glad I did that. That's kind of what it feels like. It's like I go through all this extra pain and suffering and work and trials and it's hard, but man, at the other side of it, it's so great. But thank you, Annika. Thank you so much for reminding me of the beginning stages when it's, you're just staring up a path and just looking up at the mountain ahead of you, unreal, unsure what's going to happen once you start walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've had a bunch of things pop into my head as you both have been sharing. Um, two of the quotes that have kind of popped into my head, and this one rides that line again between empath- empathy and compassion, is that one of my school sisters, when I was doing my uh, yoga teacher trainings, she would always close her classes out with it. And she says, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So. I, uh, yeah. and I, I've heard that attributed to the Buddha or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm really, I don't know who, who said it, but it, it, to me, it's like, it's such a deep, it's such a deep truth. And it's a nice one. I feel like, especially if someone's like maybe on the beginning of their empathic kind of journey and just moving from maybe feeling self-compassion and starting to move that outwards. It's a nice it's a nice reminder. And I think it's a nice reminder for all of us if we just get kind of like caught up. And then the other one, when you were talking, Claire, about um, wanting others to have the life that you lead or wanting others to be able to have the life that you would like to lead as well and it not be the selfish thing is that whole idea of like, uh, none of us are free until all of us are free. You know? Um and uh, yeah. and then also, like, kind of from the other side of it, for those who um, um, feeling empathy is something that comes supernaturally, maybe at times to the point of feeling like a burden and overwhelm is, you know, one of our previous episodes, Annika and Claire, and then me as the novice shared uh, our experiences around a practice that's called the Seven Circles of Protection which is, would definitely be one I would refer people to if, uh, if you're feeling overwhelmed um, at this time. It's a really a technique that I found really powerful as well. Yeah. yeah, that's a good segue into kind of that managing of, you know, for the people that fall into the more highly sensitive side, like it's not about how to emphasize, empathize, it's like how to turn it off sometimes and yeah, seven circles are good. Do you guys have other um, practices that you, I mean, Claire, you shared the breath. That one's really nice too. 
Um, another good, like, meditation, imagination work that is similar to the Seven Circles of Protection, but a little different, um, are shields. Because the Seven Circles of Protection are, like, manipulating the energy and making sure it, like, gets, you know, what gets in needs to get in and what doesn't, doesn't. Filter. But then the filter. Thank <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Think of the word. <laughs> This is what happens when you're in quarantine. Don't use your brain or talk to people for days on end. Um, Having the shields up are just like these nice, real, strong, firm boundaries. And it's really good for when, like, once you've done your empathy breath and you've pushed out everything that isn't yours, kind of shield up. I still shield up when I go out in public. I don't always use my seven circles. They're always in place, but, like... Sometimes I still shield up because, like, I'll be in a somewhat dangerous area or I'll recognize the fact that I appear as a female walking alone and then I need to, like, pull up those boundaries of protection. And so creating shields, making a shield that you can drop and lower where it's, like, it's just you. It's just you inside of it and no one else can get in. I'm, like, that's what I really like. My own little cocoon. Could you give us like a um, like a quick concrete example of how that visualization and dropping, like how that work looks like for you? Like just a, you know, if that feels comfortable. Like how to create the shield or yeah. like how yeah. to pull it up? Yeah, like because I'm just thinking like um, I, I feel like I have a sense of what you're talking about, but I'm thinking for someone who, let's say this is the first time they're listening to our podcast and we wanted them to come away with something they could do quickly like that empathize empathy breath you were talking about when you say shield like how does that how does that look for you if you're doing a quick one going out into public i definitely vary it depending on the strength i need for the day and that's of course um you know one of the the fantastic variables with magic if i decide that i need them like i just take it i just like stop where i'm at close my eyes Imagine my shields. I take a deep breath, pulling them up or down. And then when I exhale, they're like in place. Just use your, just, it's the, the imagination part, the third eye work, or, and where magic is nine tenths intention. So if you're like, okay, pulled my shields up or down or wherever, wherever they stay, they're around me, they're in place. This is how strong they are. I'm good to go. You just like walk with that mentality of like these shields are around me i'm good i'm safe i'm protected nice like yeah. do you like like do you imagine like like medieval kind of like like a shield in front of you or more like space agey kind of uh star trek uh like force field around any that's the beauty of uh, personal work is you can make it look like however you want. My shields have gone through um, multiple changes. Mm-hmm. When I first installed them, I wasn't very uh, confident and they were made of wood and they burnt up. And then I had like some gold Chinese Pygmalion kind of like scale like shields. Um, my, my current shields are all Medusa headed and they just it's like a sphere and her face is on every part of it um, no matter where you look at it 
which is really good for my personal work. Um, and so that I can just stay with Medusa and like, no one really wants to fuck with her. So people <laughs> see that energy. And even if they don't understand it, they're just like, I'm going to look away. It's like, yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and, and um, sharing your specifics. That, oh. that definitely helps me when like contemplating that work myself and uh, well thank you for asking i appreciate it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and then turning that to specifically like the empathy side of you have like say you're in a situation right now where it's like there's a lot of just like pain and sadness and stress a lot of anxiety like financial anxiety health anxiety i guess i'm just curious like how to keep that type of emotions from getting to you um i have an idea Um, so i i feel like um i feel like regardless of where one finds themselves be it as like okay like i want to be a more empathic person i um i want to expand that feeling or i'm a highly empathic person and especially right now when there is so much overt suffering in the world and i see it even more so you know when i you know go into the outside world, I say start small. So, you know, if you're if you're needing to protect yourself more, I, I'd say in general, your your field of experience and and emotionality and 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 so on is is very large. And um, if that's overwhelming and making it difficult to function, especially when you're you know, like maybe trying to go to the store and get very specific things done in a quick manner and not be overwhelmed, like having a shield up could be a good way to do that. You know, like, okay, right now I have my shield up. It doesn't mean you're an evil, unfeel- unfeeling person. It just means you're trying to get in and out of the store as quickly as possible, right? Um, so start small as in make it more self-contained about yourself and then for those who are like finding it difficult to feel um empathy out in the world is i say start small so like start small and start close so start with people that that um you're close to and like care a lot about where feelings of empathy are more likely to arise more quickly like parents and caretakers and partners or children or friends and like you know, spend time really meditating on what those people are going through and like what it would be like to be experiencing the world through through their eyes, through their bodies, through their um, you know, emotional realities and so on. So that that's what I've been thinking. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Um you're starting to like this this start small. I just looked at the wiki how for empathy before it, earlier in our conversation it came up and the first thing to start with is yourself and your own emotions is what wiki house says so that's like even more you know like learning to be able to process your own emotions and look them in the face and mm-hmm. sit with them and then from there yeah like talking to to somebody and practicing that with other people so yeah love it um yeah, I think for me, when I think about how do I keep myself from taking on other people's stuff, um, yeah, now it's more innate. I I feel like there's times for me to, to feel into the collective, and then there's times when I need to 
um, manage my own emotional well-being and um, and so I focus first on you know how I feel and processing that and being in the you know vibration where I want to be and then and then it gives me like when I'm and also being really grounded and from there I can open up and and go out and and feel more of the things and then I you know I just see it as like an expansive an expansiveness of self into like a greater whole so as part of my spiritual practice that's really powerful and important and it's not easy and like Claire said it's a lot of there's a lot of pain along the way there's kind of some extra because like first dealing with all the deep shit like the shadow work shit that's in myself and then you know like really being open a lot of the time to to other people's shit knowing that and then also having those strong boundaries of like I know where your shit is start, you know, where it ends and where mine begins. And like, I think for me now, a lot of that work is kind of the be like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take on somebody else's emotional burden, um, even though it's kind of a natural role that I fall into. I'm like, no, that's, I'm going to just like, I'll be here for people to a certain degree. And then, you know, that also like, I know having been through it, the way to grow is to deal with your own shit. And so, yeah, it's like kind of that balance of like being empathetic, being compassionate and also compassionate to myself. So I'm not going to like take on extra. Yeah. That's, you guys have said both amazing, wonderful things. And Annika, thank you for sharing and what you're working through in your process and how this empathy has been working for you. Um, and thank you for sharing, Erin, about how you feel these sort of things blend and move with each other. Um, I wanted to say that as you, like, I know we're talking about empathy from a like beginner perspective, but I have found that as empathy has grown within me, the compassion and empathy that I have for myself, as Annika was saying, also grows. Um, and I feel like others see me as more cold and distant. Um, it's that I want to talk about performative empathy, or where Annika is, has wonderfully demonstrated what true empathy is, which is where she loves herself um, just as much as she loves everyone else. So she knows where her limits are. And then there are people who have performative empathy who just wring themselves dry because they have to look like they're caring um, for the sake of other things. Um, and I'm not saying they don't care. That's a very rude assumption of my part. They absolutely do care. But it is um, so internally damaging to have empathy for everyone but have no empathy for yourself. And I love that you looked up the wiki how, and I love that it was right in line with what Aaron was already saying. Just like, start with yourself. And empathy, the tool empathy specifically, is so helpful for all the other stuff that we've mentioned and covered about shadow work. And um, I think even having a good cry. It's just a really great technique that will just carry out in all the other practices. Yeah. 
We've got to be getting towards time. I feel like we've been talking for like 45 minutes. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've not been, um, I haven't been checking the, the clock. My apologies. But, you know, that said, were there any last things we wanted to throw in before we move on to the seeker segment? Um, yeah. I mean, I just like want to say to all the people out there and our listeners, like, I feel you and it's, it's a lot right now. And, and really the empathy is really important, but the compassion is really, really important. Like having the compassion for yourself and then, and then seeing how you can fill into other people's shoes. Like Claire was saying, if you don't, if, yeah, if you can't, um, can't if you aren't having yourself. space and time for yourself, you're going to be right during this time. We're all going to be burnt out. Yeah. There's, it's a, it's a, intense time like that whole airplane um thing of like put your mask on first before helping someone else you know uh <laughs> oh yeah you know there's that, a go, oh, ahead. go ahead no please please it's just that other thing going around about how you can't pour from an empty cup you know it's a oh. very common statement i've seen around on the internet like, that's great yep same thing yeah um one last thing i will throw in that i feel kind of ties into starting small and and so on um in tibetan buddhist practices and they they do this with all like the the limitless qualities you know equanimity compassion loving kindness joy they have like the seven i think it's called like the seven aspirational practices believe of atisha i'm not entirely sure of that name but i know it's their seven and for all of those things when you're wishing them upon some someone or contemplating them upon people you start with yourself then you do a loved one, then a friend, then a neutral person, then a person that you have difficulty with. You know, you could even maybe say enemy if you know if you want to get in that dualistic mindset. Um, then you think about all five of those simultaneously, and then you think about all beings across time and space. And I like how it 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 slowly kind of expands out. Um, Again, starting with yourself in the center and then and moving out. So I would say those are, that's a, that, you know, if one is looking for an active way to practice that, that would be a way to, to gradually step it up. And, you know, just like anything, it's like a muscle. Like the more we practice, um, the easier it gets, the better at it we get. Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to pass it on to our seeker segment. Thank you all for for sharing and for this conversation. And I look forward to more. Hey, so again, this is Annika. And I am going to lead our seeker segment. And today we have a very short question request from a listener who is looking for help, finding the right perspective during the coronavirus pandemic. So finding the right perspective. Uh, well, as uh, as we've kind of touched on, um, most of us are under some kind of shelter in place or lockdown. 
some places it's it's really stringent some places a little bit less so and yeah some of us are with other people in our shelter and some of us are alone uh, so that can really change the experience and then there's a lot happening you know yeah the actual illness like whether how our physical condition is what are the physical conditions of our loved ones and those around us so yeah these are some of the things that are are the reality right now and the the world has changed really 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 fast um you know and then there's a whole thing of like working from home or being laid off on every level um right there's it's kind of like shaking um our kind of the foundational things of life are sort of like shaking a bit right now and yeah it's like how to have perspective in that given that it's kind of flipped in just a couple of weeks um so um given that do either of you have anything any thoughts you'd like to share um I think one of one of the ways I've been, um, you know, without like not ignoring the suffering that's going on, because that's something that's that uh, has affected me greatly and made me very upset. Like, you know, stories of elderly being left alone um, in convalescent homes and and so on. You know, there's plenty to like we're talking about with empathy to just like. <laughs> you know, potentially spiral out from um, is my, you know, my optimistic side, my um, glass half full, sometimes Pollyanna <laughs> side is I've been thinking a lot about like the ecological effects of the the lack of travel right now and the lack of industry right now. I I've been hearing uh, various various things like uh, you know like air air quality improving um and just our fuel consumption is down um tremendously and it makes me curious about a longer term effects on the economy or like ones that we choose like oh like i feel like this is potentially an opportunity for us to learn how to do things in a different way that don't have such a large carbon footprint, which, you know, can have really positive effects on our environment. So when I'm feeling bogged down from like the scary news or the sad news, first, like actively taking a break from that and maybe watching something funny, you know, humor helps me pass through it. But then also if I want to actively engage with um, the realities of what's going on, looking, looking for those, those kinds of things. So that's something I've been doing for myself. Nice. Thanks, Aaron. I've been doing similar things. I, I was looking at this message from our reader from our, sorry, I was looking at this message from our listener and the you know question they pose is about finding the right perspective, and it's just like man, that's such a weird phrase. And I'm I'm not trying to rag on you, uh, dear listener. I apologize for that statement. I mean it in a sense of like, what is the right perspective here? 
that was what my immediate response is. What is right at this moment? As we talked about, empathy is right at this moment. Care and compassion, support and love, um, honest assessment of our resources and abilities and what we can do as a, as a society has really been shown. Uh, the number one thing that I saw during the first few days of the quarantines, shelter in place, whatever terminology they want to use right now, um, were the cries from the disabled people who were saying, wait a minute, all of this tele-learning that could have been done for years, but we now it affects able-bodied people, so now we can have it. Um, that was an interesting perspective, and I was like, yeah, that's, that is a massive crack in the system. People who were denied schooling because they wouldn't make accommodations for differently abled, disabled people um, that are now being made because able-bodied lives. And that is a perspective that needs to be taken into account. The perspective of the fact that all of the homeless people in England, in London specifically, have been pulled off the streets and given hotels, places to sleep. Similar things are happening in LA. That's a perspective of like, this could always have been done. We could have always housed the houseless. But now that it affects rich people, it's going to get taken care of. So I think finding the quote unquote right perspective is more about finding very similar to what we talked about in empathy, finding lots of perspectives, seeing it from lots of people's different points of view and how different people are going through it. I watched a video of a nurse having a total breakdown after a 13 hour shift, a perspective that I hadn't considered. Um, the bruising from all of the protective wear they have to wear for 14 straight hours. Like, there is so much perspective to be had here. Um, that's where it, the overwhelming feelings can really come into play. And maybe the term to need the right one um, sticks out, but there is no right perspective. We're in, a, we're in unprecedented times. It's a lot. It's so much. But I think the truly right perspective, if I must put it into terms, is, all, is the one that I always fall back on, is the scientific perspective. Listen to the doctors, and only the doctors. Don't listen to anybody else. Like, that's the perspective you need to hear, is the doctor's perspective, the educated ones that know what they're talking about. But also, take all of it into your perspective of what's happening. Just allow it to be, and if you start to feel overwhelmed, take a break. Go play with a dog, go for a walk. It'll still be there when you come back. Yeah, thank you both for sharing. Um, Claire, I'm going to push back a little bit, though. I mean, I, too, think that listening to people that have epidemiology or medical background is important. But, like, also there's a lot of doctors. I mean, the medical, the, the Western medical profession in the U.S. is, like, for sure part of the patriarchy. And while there's many women doctors who are amazing, like it's, you know, there's a lot of problems with it and it is not known to have the best outcomes for people's well-being. So I think when, you know, I would say, listen to healers, listen to people whose, you know, 
whatever that means, people that are healthy and have insight, um, it can be, yeah. In terms of like how viruses work, like, yes, go to science. In terms of like how to how to stay healthy in this situation, I think there's a lot of wisdom that's can sometimes get poo-pooed by the more mainstream medical community um, in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, things like herbalism, things like spirituality that really can boost. I mean, even what we talk about compassion and gratitude, those things boost the immune system. Like, um, and I think that, yeah, for me, in terms of right perspective, I'm kind of going to go back to where we were at with the last in the circle, um, like starting small, starting with self, checking in in terms of what what I need to feel and be healthy is kind of been my main focus right now. Um, and so, you know, I'm lucky and privileged and I've also been doing this practice for a really long time and healed from a lot of things. And so I think about my immune system all the time and what I eat every day and I make medicines and I have herbs and, um, you know, so that's, it's part of my, my routine. And also I think right now it's really important and it's a good opportunity for everyone to, to develop that a bit more and start really feeling into what, what your body needs, what your immune system needs to have be the strongest it can be right now, because that's like really more than anything. I mean, you can bleach stuff, you can scrub stuff. um, You can stay at home all the time. And also there's all kinds of ways you can get sick that aren't just coronavirus. Like it's like, you know, there's, there's a, like something about that care of self that's extra important right now, I think. And so I'm really, you know, I eat a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of vitamin C. Uh, I mean, in terms of like, I try to get it from foods. I, um, but like it's, yeah, it's, I don't necessarily, I don't supplement with artificial vitamin C, but I do um, get a lot of food-based vitamin C. I drink a ton of water. I drink a ton of tea. I, I sleep. I slept like so many hours. Like I, yeah, now I'm kind of coming out of like the crazy amount of sleep that was happening. Like sleep is so powerful for the immune system. And we have this extra space, like what you guys were saying of like looking at kind of the bright sides of it. Like we have time, you know, I don't know. Of course there's people that are dealing with situations where they're not it might be not a lot of quiet time or alone time. Um, but I would say probably pretty like there is, there is more time. Like we're not rushing around outside in the world. Um, and so if you can use that time to sleep more, I think that helps with all kinds of perspective. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then in terms of like the whole thing of like, how much do you scrub everything that comes into your house? Like how many times do you bleach everything you touch? Do you wear gloves? You know, all of those things. I'm just feeling my way into it. It's been, a, it's been hard for me to, um, yeah, it's like an edge. There's like a, fe- a edge where it's like, okay, now I'm just living in fear. And I just philosophically, I that's not how I operate and I am, won't let 
that's not, I'm not going to go there because of this. So it's like balancing the wisdom of like, Claire, what you said, like listening to the professionals of like, okay, the virus lives this long, like, okay, so I'll make sure I bleach these types of things and wash my hands like a ton of times. And also like not going overboard and not an understanding that like, I personally don't feel there's like any way to be 100% sure. And like, I'm, I'm going to trust my body also. And, you know, and it does, it's like, okay, I also might get this thing. Like that's a reality that being, being who I am, I've also spent time meditating into that space of like, what does that mean? And like, how do I feel about death? And so, um, yeah, I could go on and on, but those are some of the like perspective, um, things that I've been doing in my own practice lately. Annika. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm raising the roof to everything you're saying over here. Yes, me too. Oh, and back at ya. Um, so I actually, I was shuffling my cards earlier, just like even in earlier. And I was like, okay, well, the right card will pop up. Like, you know, I was planning to pull and, uh, then two just jumped out of the deck. So they've been sitting here in front of me for a bit. Um, and I, um, I've been kind of pondering them and I'm also really curious to hear y'all's interpretation, so the two cards that, that popped up, uh, and just as a little background, if people aren't familiar, we always have a divinator on our show who can divinate or not divinate as per their their guidance. Um, so I felt like when these cards jumped out, like that felt like guidance. So we we have the Ten of Tomes, and which in the classical deck would be the Ten of Pentacles, and the numinous, which is a card that's specific to this deck that I use, which is called the numinous tarot. So it's like an extra um, uh, major arcana card in this one. And I've only gotten it twice. I got it once the first time I ever did a reading from this deck, and then I just got it now. So it's pretty interesting. And it's really beautiful. It's like a mountain, a sharp kind of mount, a snowy mountain with this flame coming out the top like a candle flame and then there's northern lights in the background and it's like a lot of white and then a starry sky and then like green northern lights so it's definitely a heart shocker card um with the green um and the ten of tomes in this deck is a is a big library there's three friends in the foreground and then there's people going about the library um, and so it, that's a card of yeah of like beauty and material abundance and stability in this in this deck it's showing a library that's been there for a really long time um and it contains the physical manifestation of thousands of minds uh, and is free to use so there's something for everyone here to enjoy and learn from and that is a wonderful thing so it's interesting when I, because I was like, libraries are such a big deal right now. And my sister's a librarian, so I've had a lot of conversations about like what it means 
to have public libraries in a time like this because they're kind of the one free community gathering space that we in the U.S. have consistently across our towns and cities. And they also are a place where it was really easy for the virus to spread um, because you have a lot of children and they're like, you know, touching things and books are hard to clean and there's, you know, shared computers where you have like keyboards that are hard to clean. And then you have a lot of the staff are more on the elderly side. And so I thought it was interesting that this library card came up and also this like there's something the whole thing, like something for everyone to learn from. I do feel like this time is a really exciting opportunity to learn. There's so many amazing teachers that are putting their work out and you no longer have to be in person with, to access a lot of stuff. And then there's, yeah. So I, you know, that's, that's one thing that I saw in this is like, um, there's, yeah, there's definitely learning opportunities and then, yeah, I mean, it's a card of abundance, which is really interesting because it can be really easy to, you know, to see that, um, you know, kind of the the scariness and the, the lack and the struggle in this time. And so, at least in this reading, it's like um, focusing on on what there is here. Um, for us and and not getting caught up um uh, you know depend you know whatever your your circumstances i'm not trying to um downplay the struggle and also the more we can look at things and you know see the abundance and the gratitude um, even if it doesn't feel present right now like there is power to that as well um and then the numinous is um so when the numinous card comes up in a reading, it's an indication that mysterious forces are at play. It's that feeling you get staring up at the night sky, realizing that in a moment, just how vast and beautiful space is. You feel like you might just fall into the gorgeous starry void at any moment, which is both exhilarating and a bit frightening. The numinous is what you feel when you find a special sunlit grove or an alleyway filled with colorful graffiti, when you gaze out from a high place, when a sunbeam cuts through the fog in the early morning, it's the magic and mystery of the world that we cannot, or that we connect to in brief but powerful moments throughout our lives. Um, it says it could be an encouragement to go adventuring. I guess these days it would be more of an, an adventure of the imagination. And it may suggest a need to sit with yourself and find your connection to the world at large. It can mean that some things are much, things are much, much bigger than you. And it can feel wonderful to accept that when life gets strange, it may indicate that something you're currently experiencing or asking about has its origins in the mysterious and magical. Look out for the small and beautiful. When the numinous appears, catch yourself in the between moments and between places, otherwise known as the liminal. Take a trip to the astral realm if you can. There is a special energy there you'll find nowhere else. Um, okay, so I feel like that was some some perspective. Uh, what do you guys think? Feel? Um, I. It's funny, you know, and as as often happens when we 
uh, do our podcast, even even though we're not necessarily um, planning for them to be so related. It made me think about empathy and empathy as a practice. Again, what you were just saying about the numinous card. Um, even on that that wiki, how um, one of the things uh, further down in like developing empathy, I forgot which subcategory it was, but it, it said something along the lines of like reading more fiction can be a way that one um, develops empathy because you get into the practice of imagining um, another world or another life or another experience. You know, like we're saying, other things in terms of getting right perspective is like we have an opportunity now to learn so many things or to read so many things and you don't have to necessarily go to a library where you could be potentially exposed. Um, you can find stuff online and there's PDFs of like so many books that are just available for free online um, too. So yeah, it made me think about that. And, uh, and then that card, the 10 of tomes, I was, I was um, contemplating um, 10 of discs there's so much potential right now to uh, recreate um, our economy in new ways that are um, much more egalitarian, and and also like many of us are are uh, suffering, um, you know, already having a lack of money, and then um, many losing jobs as well. So there's lots of economic upheaval uh, right now, which that ten of tomes I think really. Um, points towards um, and may we use it more as an opportunity to improve all of our lives as opposed to um, you know kind of succumbing to the the less positive aspects of it yeah wow beautiful card whoa three friends hey gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) I know right we get three friends cards a lot yeah I it's very interesting that that card was chosen um mostly about when you think about you know the ten of pentacles ten of domes you think about you know this gathering of community and togetherness and which is what we can't do right now suppose you know when it comes to like actual physical connection but just like with empathy um to go in first and I think this is card speaks about going in as well and the wonderful wisdom that's waiting there on the inside Um, and as the card shows and I know Annika will post it onto the website it's just books endless books and it makes me think of the like Akashic record and all the information that's ever been written down exists inside there and how wonderful is that we have access to so much stuff, even if we feel completely isolated right now because of our own internalized wisdom and all the knowledge that is contained therein. So I love that this was the card of the day. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought up the Akashic Record because I thought the same thing when I saw it and especially the numinous, like the numinous is basically, I mean, it's saying to like visit the astral realm, like mysterious forces are at work. There's more than you can see in front of you. And I feel like, yeah, that's, it's, we could go a lot more into that conversation on a, on another show, but that like, what we can access is, is vast, even if we don't even have the internet. Um, 
Yeah. So, and also I, you know, there is a lot of, it made me think of all the community things that are happening too. And in addition to like classes, there's all kinds of like meditation groups and entire meditation centers are doing all their stuff um, online and for free in a lot of cases or donation. Um, Claire. Uh, yeah, Claire's doing meditations now on uh, Instagram Live. Let uh, me. So, yeah. And, then you know, I've done different groups and people having dance parties. Like, I went to a concert the other night on my Zoom. Uh, so, I do feel like um, there is a com- there's community for sure that's coming um to the forefront and building now that's really powerful and exciting. We're going to see so much more community um, coming together over the next two, three months than we ever really anticipated. I am naively optimistic about that, but also kind of educatedly optimistic because of all the wonderful things that have been happening with this past few weeks and all the wonderful things that have come to the forefront. It's a wonderful, uplifting feeling. It sucks that this is happening, but it's great to see all the wonderful community coming together. Yep. And that's also a very good perspective to have. Yeah. A right perspective. Even mm. if it feels really lonely and alone, we are for sure not alone. No. And I I would like, I would just encourage um, uh, our listener, uh, Ignatius, too, you know, um, to reach out to people you know uh family friends even just acquaintances um i think uh at least at least for me personally i uh having those time the phone conversations zoom conversations ring conversations are that much more precious to me in my extrovert self-care um right now and um and even I've, I've noticed for more my, the introverts in my life that like, you know, making time to talk to dear ones uh, really does make a big difference. And people are getting very creative in the ways they're doing that. Like I had a friend who hosted a Zoom cocktail party the other night and everyone like brought a cocktail and they even, you know, invited other friends of theirs who I had never met. And we ended up having really cool conversations and so on. So, you know, look for those things, or if you're feeling inspired, like um, maybe even uh, create one yourself, you know, um, and things like Zoom and Ring are at this point still still free. Um, so if you're lucky enough to have internet access and, um, you know, a computer or smart device that gives you um, use of it, um, that, that's something I would highly suggest. Yeah, thanks. Um, any last thoughts on this? Any perspectives? I think, yeah, thank you both for sharing. I really appreciate this this question because it's so close to what's going on for me and everybody around my life too. So yeah, I just think I just say like that last little bit of the numinous, like look out for the small and beautiful that's that's huge and then yeah just kind of like be open to be open to the magical and um yeah hopefully we can all make the best of this and come out in a better spot 
as a as a collective. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And uh, now we'll move on to the gratitude section. Thank you, Annika. Much appreciated. And thank you, Aaron. Thank you just for being here today and taking part in this connection that we have with each other in a time of, for some people, lack of connection. And for some people, as people I'm going to be shouting out today in our gratitude section, are getting lots of connection. Today, for our gratitude, I really want to focus on the essential workers. Now, the essential workers are vast, and I appreciate them and uh, for all they're doing, not just like stocking my shelves, the grocery store, or delivering the mail, um, or working in warlike conditions in hospitals. There are people out there who have to continue to go out into the world and put their families at risk, put themselves at risk um, to make sure that the things that everyone needs, the essentials, keep going. I want to specifically talk about and focus energy on those people who are going to work to make sure that People can get their medications and people can get their their needs met. People, like my doctor is still open and so I'm thankful for the doctors and clinics who are choosing to still stay open. Even my like naturopath and chiropractors are still like trying to help service people as much as they can. Um, so with that said, I want you to get into a comfortable position wherever you are. Get nice and sorted. Hopefully there's not too much chaos happening around you wherever you are right now. Hopefully the dogs and kids are fighting in another room. So let's take a few nice intentional breaths. Very similar to what Aaron led us on earlier. It's nice, deep, lung-expanding breaths that just get all those parts of your lungs, all those edges. Moved and stirred around with fresh new air. So here in this place, here in this place, with all the stuff that's going on, however you may be feeling, it's all okay, and however you are is enough, and every day you're enough as we work through this. Picture in your mind's eye your grocery store, 
your bank, your pharmacy, your mailbox, the hardware store, the hospital, the urgent cares, the makeshift centers, all the people who employ there, work there, your neighbors and fellow citizens. Your brothers and sisters, your family. All the people in this world right now who are continuing to show up and help and provide care in a time of great stress and great anxiety and even fear. These are the people you see every day who help you. Maybe before you didn't think much about them, but now, now we know and understand. We can see how essential they truly are. Some of them are working without enough protection. And some of them are working with the desire to make sure that people are kept safe and healed. These wonderful humans. who risk themselves and their health and the health of their family and friends. Imagine the places that you go to when you go to the grocery store, your personal stores, your personal places the cashier you see every day, the bag boy you see. Picture them. And on a nice exhale, I want you to send love and gratitude and energy 
this person or people who you see and know. To our essential humans, we honor you and are grateful for your sacred risks that you take. One last nice inhale, pulling in and growing inside of you all the wonderful, fantastic energy of gratitude and honor and love and respect for these essential humans. Nice big breath in and out. And in your own time, slowly come back to yourself, pulling your attention back to your physical body, wiggling your toes, rolling your shoulders, coming back to this time and place that we are in. And... I see some eyes. Thank you, Claire. Yes, welcome back, guys. That was beautiful. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed that. And um, as a practical solution, as we like to have here on the web, if you know of any essential people in your life, reach out to them to see if there's any way that you can help them in their day-to-day existence. Maybe make them a meal or... Just reach out, see what they could possibly need and any way you can possibly help them to provide them a little bit of um, ease and um, recuperation during a very, very stressful time. I'm very grateful that I am not considered an essential person because I work for a school and all the schools have been closed. Um, so I thankfully have one less burden to bear. I don't know how I would feel if I had to go out into the world every single day into places where people are coming consistently. So I just, whew. I also would say, um, you know, in those interactions where you are seeing people, grocery store and uh, maybe um, uh, mail carriers and so on, express your gratitude. Like, make it known because I think a lot of times um, even those of us who have very healthy gratitude practices and so on, uh, it stays internal. And I think that um, right now, especially uh, hearing that is going to lift people and bolster people um, when they are likely um, experiencing a lot of people's uh, or the brunt of people's fear and frustration and so on. 
you know, so say that thank you aloud too, or leave a note on your mailbox or, you know. Yeah. Very nice. Mm. Yeah. Saying verbal thank yous are nice because nobody has to touch anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Give those little elbow bumps to your people. Yeah, just a nice air heart. We like to do that on the Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. heart to the world uh, yeah. and I think yeah just even like you, even like what we just did what Claire just um, did such a beautiful job leading us through it's like sending that energy out even if you're just stuck here and literally not seeing anyone like being having that empathy and compassion and gratefulness is is really important and it really does change the web, even if you are doing it alone in your house. Yes. Absolutely. Well, excellent, guys. Thank you so much um, for being part of that lovely little gratitude meditation where we have focused on so much already. And it's always nice to sort of end things with some love and care and compassion to those working in really tough positions right now. So, so much love to them. And of course, so much love to y'all. I love you guys. Yeah, um, so much love. Any uh, final too. thanks? Any final words? Anything we'd like to leave this episode with? Thank you to the listeners. Um, thank you for you know, uh, looking for some positivity and looking to be beacons of, of, of positivity, um, especially during such trying times. Um, it lifts me up to, to know that you two are out there and good people are out there everywhere. And um, it feels that much more important to uh, actively acknowledge that when it can be very easy to slip into a feeling of despair um so thank you thank you too thank you all you listeners out there um you're amazing people thank you yes beautifully put i second that completely excellent well i guess so wraps up an end of our episodes have a little bit of music and then we will talk about our offerings God, Jellybean loves the chimes. <laughs> Jellybean. I play chimes for Jellybean every day. She's just like, uh. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. Well, uh, let's see. Once again, my name is Claire Alexander. I am on Facebook and Instagram. But Facebook's very private. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Web Dancer PDX. I have been doing my live meditations on my personal page, which is C-L-A-S-B-Y, Clausby. And I've been doing those on like Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays around noon-ish. So you can catch those. They're also available. Um, they've been saving as videos, and so they're like still posted. And I'll be showing them around, doing, trying to figure out this whole technology thing and seeing how I can spread it. So I don't have to keep re-recording everything. 
But yeah, uh, you can send me an email at thewebpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to do any personal work meditation, or if you want to talk to a trained priestess about anything, who knows? We got a lot going on and not a lot of going on at the same time. So I'm available. Reach out. Hit me up. Yay. I'm excited for your meditations. Oh, thanks. Uh, so yeah, I'm Annika. Um, I'm in Oakland. And I guess I should give the shout out for the show. We're, we're on the internet at the webpodcast.com where you can listen to our episodes or send us anonymous seeker segments, letters, questions, etc. also at our Gmail, the webpodcast at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you. And I am next. Some next steps for the website are going to be um, posting some of our grounding meditations as little one-offs. So you can drop in and listen to just a little short meditation. And then we also have some more uh, kind of forum style stuff coming up. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that, feel free to send us an email about it. Uh, and Oh, yeah, and we have an Instagram, too, right? It's uh, the web podcast Instagram, uh, which maybe that'll get going as well. Yes, we have the time <laughs> now to get it going. <laughs> yeah. So perhaps we definitely, yes, are going to be soon doing that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look for a lot more offerings in other realms besides this audio and, uh, yeah, so, again, I'm Monica and I'm Oakland. I do somatic release and techniques sessions um, based on TRE and um, yin yoga, incorporate qigong and meditation and other practices um, looking at how we can each work with our own bodies to um, really rebalance our nervous systems and come out of that fight and flight freeze uh, syndrome that is very common. Uh, so it's really, it's really cool stuff. And I have a website, goldnettle.com. You can message me there. And I am also going to be doing a workshop I'm on Zoom and it will be small. I'm maxing it out at eight. Um, yeah, it's a donation based. Um, so, you know, uh, it's kind of pay what you can at this point um, for this time we're in. And that will be on Friday evenings starting at the end of April. I'm running into early May. So there's four consecutive Fridays. If anyone's interested, you can go on my website and find out more about that. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited about that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so uh, my name is Aaron Martin, and I am based in Los Angeles, uh, though at the moment I'm actually in the high desert of Southern California in Yucca Valley. Um, and I am a wellness consultant. And uh, my work focuses around um, yoga, um, functional conditioning, martial arts, and mindfulness. And at the moment, no, no body work, <laughs> uh, though I'm happy to give um, uh, 
like tips on terms of like doing body work on oneself or those who um, you may be um, sheltering in place with. Yeah, self-massage. Self-massage, yeah. Um, Also another one of our episodes. Uh, I also just want to give a shout out first. I can't wait to do one of Claire's meditations. I've been wanting to do this anyway, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And I've done at least two, if not three sessions of TRE with Annika, and she's absolutely amazing. I highly, highly, highly suggest it, especially during the circumstances we're in um, right now. And yeah, in terms of my work, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N-J, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, all one word, lowercase, um, on Instagram, or on my website, which is www.unifyyogicarts.com, unifyyogicarts.com, or email me there at Aaron at unifyyogicarts.com. Dot com. Um, love to talk to you, and especially right now, I'm um, I'm happy to. Uh, uh, I, I have a sliding scale, so um, I can accommodate various, uh, you know, what but accommodate people wherever they're at in terms of what they can um, uh, share right now. Um, I feel like this work is important to be out in the world. So if you are interested in working with me, please reach out. Don't let um, financial worries be the thing that keep you from doing so. Yeah. Thank you all for your time. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Annika. Thank you, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. Fair. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, definitely. Big pleasure makes this quarantine just pass by so enjoyably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Definitely have to do some more uh, quarantine episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until next time. All right. Bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye